amongst my friends, my nickname is Hurricane. <laughs> and it's Hurricane for a reason, because I am fiercely protective of people that I love. I'm fiercely protective of anyone that I feel there's been any type of injustice against. And that injustice can be not giving a pregnant woman a seat on the tube. I will kick off. But what meditation has done, it's given me the understanding to give myself time to process what is happening in front of me before I react. <laughs> so less hurricane and more more ocean, more flow. And even if it is a hurricane, it's, it's a lesser category. <laughs> Hi, my name is Chantal Miller. I have been meditating, I would say, for at least 20-something years on and off. Because it's a practice and I fall off many times. <laughs> And then I come back to it. But yeah, on and off around 20 something years. <laughs> Meditation has been my savior. I know that's really dramatic, right? But it really has saved me many times over from myself. <laughs> um, meditation has brought me stillness when I didn't even know that that's what I needed. It hasn't brought me any answers but it's given me the space to kind of find those answers for myself. I was born in Manchester. I'm a Mancunian and I moved to the Caribbean when I was 11. So I grew up on this tiny island. And when I say this, people are like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, it's 36 square miles. It's literally, you know, when you're growing up and you draw what you think an island looks like, that's how Nevis looks. And typically in the Caribbean, you know, we are predominantly Christian. And so I grew up as a Roman Catholic. And I was always a child that doubted things. <laughs> and then one day I just declared to my dad, I'm not going to church anymore. And he said, okay, so what are you gonna do when we're going to church? I'm like, I'm going to meditate. Didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Uh, I was a huge fan of Oprah Winfrey growing up. And that's really who led me to trying, you know, because I'd never seen Black people talk about meditation. And this is someone who I loved and trusted. And I'm like, well, if she says it's good for you, then it's good for you. So I'm going to try that. <laughs> and so this image that I had, you know, of meditating was someone sitting on this beautiful cushion in lotus position and their hands in mudra and all these things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sit and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to be Zen. Of course, that's not what happened. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing and I hated it. I'm like, this is not for me. I don't understand why all these people are saying that meditation is going to bring me peace. I'm like, I don't feel peaceful at all. This is rubbish. I'm just going to read. <laughs> I also thought that I should be sat for like an hour. Excuse me. I couldn't even sit for 10 minutes without getting pins and needles and just fidgeting. And I wasn't feeling the stillness and I thought that my mind should be empty. And of course, if you sit in stillness, your mind fills up. So I was very disappointed with myself that I was still thinking about grocery lists and, you know, things that I had to do the next day. I'm like, I'm not doing it right. That's what I thought. 
that I wasn't doing it right. Now, in retrospect, I realize I was doing everything right. So I wouldn't really connect with meditation again until I was in my early to mid-20s when I moved to New York. And I was in love and living in Brooklyn. You know, it's like, yeah, Brooklyn, I'm in New York. It was like a dream. And then we had a very bad breakup, this guy and I. And I was hurting, all these thoughts, all these thoughts, and just everything was scattered. I felt absolutely scattered. And I was working for this amazing, beautiful hair salon in Midtown Manhattan, owned by these two amazing Jewish older women. And so when I was going through my heartbreak, you know, I told them, and they're like, honey, you need to meditate. And I was like, yeah, but meditation doesn't really work for me. I tried it. They're like, honey, just sit with yourself. Okay, just sit down, sit down, go in the back, go meditate now. I'm like, oh. They're like, go in the back, sit down. Chantal. I was like, but it doesn't work. They're like, just keep on doing it. You know, it wasn't easy. I'm not saying that meditation made my heart heal, you know, in one sitting. But my stillness helped me to just deal with the heartbreak and just face it head on and journey through it and then get to the other side. So Miss Deborah also said to me, you know, Chantal, you don't always have to sit down. She's like, honey, you love music. Listen to some music, go and dance, but that's your focus. You focus on dancing. You focus on listening to the music. She's like, all of it is meditating. She's like, hon, you can cook and be meditating. And I really took her advice to heart. I think for me, recognizing that and accepting that I will never master Lotus position, <laughs> but that wouldn't negate the way that I meditated and the benefits that I was reaping from meditation was a big, you know, I'm going to quote Oprah, aha moment. I feel that that gave me the freedom to, and the confidence to explore my own path. Okay, full transparency. Meditation is a practice. Sometimes I'm really good and sometimes I'm really shit <laughs> because I'm a human being. <laughs> I'm not a monk. So, you know, like most women in their early 20s who are deeply in love, you do give space to people to break your heart more than once and the same person. And so I reconciled with the person that broke my heart, moved back to Nevis, we got married and my practice fell off, you know? And then I realized I didn't want to be married to this person anymore. <laughs> and I decided that I was going to move to the UK. You know, with the tumultuous things that I was experiencing and coming back to the UK as an adult, you know, I was here pretty much on my own. And I was like, I know what's going to help me. You know, I'm going to go and do yoga. I'd never done yoga before. Um, and went to a few yoga studios, didn't connect. There was no one that I could relate to. You know, I am a very curvy black woman. And being in a space where literally I was the only black woman and being totally ignored, I just didn't feel welcome. So I decided to just consult with YouTube. 
and that yoga then led me back to meditation. And I remember thinking, why don't I just stay with this practice? Because every time I drop back in to my meditation practice, I feel good. But yet I can't maintain it. I can't be consistent. What is it? What is that about me? But what I loved about this time reconnecting is that I wasn't judging myself for having fallen off. Um, And I didn't judge myself on not quite finding my way to a consistent practice yet because I was working full time, then going to school in the evenings and I had to do um, homework and I was doing all these things. And I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time. And then I kind of got real with myself. I'm like, girlfriend, you got to make the time. I think that was very pivotal in terms of understanding that I could meditate for two minutes and feel a shift. I will feel a calmness. I will feel almost, and it's, it's, I don't even, it's paradoxical to say, but almost an emptiness. And sometimes that's what you need. You need to empty out all the crap right? To create space. And also at that time, you had then a plethora of meditation apps and there were all these guided meditations and some of them were just five minutes. I'm like, yes, because that's all I can do. (laughs) I can't do an hour. It's not working for me. So allowing someone else to do the work, that was a big breakthrough for me. So on an ideal morning... I will kind of just lie in my bed. I won't sit up because sometimes, well, most times, I don't actually want to go straight into sitting. I will lie in my bed and I will put on a meditation. I will do some deep breaths. I put my left hand on my heart and my right hand on my tummy. It's a way that I do feel you're reinforcing being held and supported and safe. And so that's how I kind of drop into it. If I do decide to sit up, I'll sit on the edge of my bed, plant my feet on the ground because it's very grounding. And I will consciously drop my shoulders and I will unclench my jaw because we very unconsciously clench our jaws, you know, because we're thinking like, what are we doing with this day? What do I have? All the lists. So I'll do all these physical little signals like this is about to happen. And there are times when I have the time to come into this little space that I have. So we're just coming into my little, I guess it's my little sanctuary. And it's where I do my yoga, my meditation. I have some flowers, always white flowers, my candles, a few plants, the stereotypical crystals. Yes, (laughs) they are all on top of the space. I do have some chimes. Yes, I do. I do, I am that girl. So this is, I think, Earth, and it's a Koshi chime. Um, I will come into this space and light the candles. Yes, I will. You know, I put on my frankincense. I'll do all the things, all the cliche things, because it works. I also have my um, Tibetan singing bowl. 
which I tend to sound off. Even sometimes I just come in here when I'm feeling a bit frazzled and I literally will just, um, just tap it a bit. And that sound kind of helps to ground me. It gives me some good energy, some good vibration. There's so many ways that I, I drop into meditation. And I guess some of them would be seen as non-traditional by people who are quite, I guess you would call them meditation purists, but I'm also okay with that. You don't have to do it in a studio. Walking meditations for me are a lifesaver. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not meditating just because you didn't light incense and candles and chant. You can just find what works for you. And I, I don't always have to have my perfect setup because I do like to set up my things and have my candles and be around my plants. And I actually really do love to light incense. <laughs> but all those things don't have to be there for me to drop into my practice. I can be anywhere. I've meditated on the tube. After the first lockdown, I was quite anxious to be on the tube again. And so kind of sat on my seat and was like, Chantal, this is what we're gonna do. I don't care who's looking at me. I don't give a shit, it's London, whatever, you know, and did some deep breathing. And so it's been really such a joy to be on this kind of wave of understanding that meditation and yoga and spirituality is what you make it. There's no one path. At the beginning of my journey with meditation, I was definitely intimidated in terms of doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Um, but what my relationship with meditation has taught me is that you really honor what works for you. And chasing this ethereal, still Zen mode is, it's not real at all. What's real is what works for you. You can make it your own. And if you feel like I really wanna try meditation, but I'm not sure, ask for help. Cause it doesn't come, well, it didn't come naturally to me. And I can't think of anyone that it came naturally to. I'm sure that those people exist. I'm sure there are meditation purists. I'm not that person. That's not what has worked for me. Integrating something new into your life will take some adjusting. And meditation brings up all your shit. You are not going to be happy with some of the things that come up at all. And you're going to struggle and it is going to be hard but you just keep on doing it because it's a practice. You will get better. The Practices was produced by Radio Wolfgang for Light. For more information, visit light.app. This episode featured Chantal Miller. It was produced by Holly Aquilina. The assistant producer was Cass Denton, it was edited and sound designed by Natalia Rodriguez and the executive producer was Ellie Martino.